This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We're going to get in the Word. We're going to get in the faith again tonight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we're going to get in the Word of God. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Now, I, I know probably a month or two I was on this passage to a little bit, a degree. We're going to... We're going to go back here and just look at some things and set some table up for things I think the Lord will put in our heart tonight. Again, to live by the Word of God. We've got to understand this. If anything's ever contrary to the Word of God or the Bible, it's wrong. And so what I'm saying here is we've got to come to a place in our life where the Word is final authority. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about the Word of God. It's final and so I I must come to a place in my life where I allow the Word of God to shape me instead of me trying to shape the Word of God. So let's let's be New Testament taught here. Just let the Bible speak to you. I believe the Holy Spirit will open your eyes of understanding tonight and you're going to leave here full of the things of heaven today. Verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Why? Because he said it has great reward. Don't fling away or throw away your fearless confidence because it has great reward. Now, when we see the confidence, we must understand, I have a confidence in God. I have a confidence in what God says. I have a confidence in God's promises. And one of the reasons I can have that confidence in God is because even in the book of Titus, chapter 1, verse 2, he said he's a God who cannot lie. He doesn't change. So you can hold on to that confidence of what God says. Keep reading with me. For you have need of endurance, a steadfastness, a a perseverance to actively resist weariness and defeat. An endurance. So this tells me that that the things of God aren't just a one-time, ever-now-and-then thing. The Word of God is day by day by day by day. And so... Maybe this will help you, this analogy, the endurance that he's talking about in, as a Christian, I'm a marathon runner. You're a marathon runner. In other words, it's going to be as long as you live the earth and on this earth. And a lot of times we like to think as Christians, we're in the hundred meters. Ten seconds and bang, it's over, I'm done. No, he said, you have need of endurance. Why is the confidence and endurance so important that after you have done the will of God, now I'm going to really highlight that tonight, after you have done the will of God, you're going to hear that term again before the night's over. So the question is, after you've done the will of God, what is the will of God? The will of God is the Word of God. If you get in the Word, you'll get into God's will. You want to know God's will for your life? Get in the Word of God. Study the scriptures, mark your Bible up, highlight in there, write yourself notes. I I love when people come to church and take notes, they record things and say, this verse really stuck out to me today. So he said, after you have done the will of God, you want to highlight another good uh, uh, word in that verse? After you have done, after you have obeyed, the Word of God, woo, watch what happens. That you may receive the promise. 
Now, the word promise itself means to engage, to profess a pledge, to announce what one is about to do. So when I see this right here, that you may receive the promise, you know, our, our understanding of Father God is based on His promises. And God has promise after promise after promise for us. And so, just some illustrations of that would be, you know, the Lord said there in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, He said, if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, that Jesus is Lord, he said, I'll save you. Do you know what that is? That's a promise. But that promise doesn't happen until after I've done the will or the work. So the way I get born again, I must believe in my heart and I must confess with my mouth. In Psalm 50 verse 15, the Lord said, call on me in the day of trouble and I'll help you. That's a promise. But if I never call on him, it never happens. What about even in the area of uh, confessing your sin? He said in 1 John 1, 9, he said, If you'll confess your sin, I'm faithful and just to not only forgive you, but I'll cleanse you. So again, those are promises. But within every one of those promises, the action or the faith is, is i got to do something. And so even right here, he gives us these promises. Verse number 37. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry or delay. Now that's a promise, and he's talking about the second coming of Jesus. You know what he just told us there? Jesus could come back. He's going to come back. That's a promise. It's going to happen. Verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, turns and runs, cuts and runs, my soul has no pleasure in him. If I turn back, if I quit seeking Him, if I quit getting into the will of God, if I turn from Him, He said right here some interesting things. He said, my soul has no pleasure in Him. Verse 39. But we are not of those who draw back, who turn away to perdition. We don't turn back to our own destruction. Now, he warns me and you right there that people that have the tendency to turn away from God, he just told me what's going to happen. I'm going to open the door up to perdition or destruction in my life. And many times when our life starts caving in and coming unglued right before our eyes, one of the symptoms I need to look at, have I turned from the scriptures? Have I run from the will of God, what God desires? And so to a degree, he's telling me and you, this can happen, but if it does happen, come on back home. Come on back. Keep getting around the things of God. He goes on to say, but we do not, are not of those who draw back to perdition, but those who believe to the saving of the soul. To those who believe. He didn't say you earn it. He said you believe God, you trust God. And so my believing, when I believe anything of the Word of God, it's based on because God said it, because God promised it. So the very opposite of believing would be disbelief or unbelief. The word unbelief implies that one has, the, uh, the individual has been offered an opportunity, but he has rejected it or turned from it. 
So when I hear the Word of God, I'm either going to believe it, I'm going to obey it, or I'm going to turn from it and say, I'm not going to do that. Now again, God's so good, He gives us a choice in the matter to do those things. And so if we were to continue to read into chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11 is called the Faith Hall of Fame. Every man in there and the two women that are in there It has a phrase that says this, by faith, by faith. A minimum of 15 times in Hebrews 11, it says, by faith. So you know what that tells me? Every one of these men and women that are in the faith, the hall of fame, they had the same opportunity to believe the word of God that me and you did. Now it's very evident they chose to believe the word of God because they got in there. And so let's dig here a little deeper. Go to your right to the book of 1 John chapter 5. 1 John John chapter 5. So what we're talking about here is learning to allow the word of God to become a part of my heart or part of my life. Just to stay in me. Get the word of God in you. You want to change the way you do life? Start getting the word in you. Take a dose of the word of God every day. 1 John 5, way back there in the back. Verse 14, now this is the confidence, again, we have need of confidence, this is the confidence that we have in Him, the confidence we can have approaching Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. The Amplified says we can be sure if we ask ask anything according to His will. So again, we have to highlight if we ask anything according to His will. What's His will? The Word of God. If you'll note here, it specifically emphasizes His will, not my will. And so one of the things we've got to do before we go to God and ask Him anything, we've got to start finding out what the Scriptures say in this area. What does the Word of God say? What is God's will in this area of my life? Verse 15. And if we know, and it's another thing right here, verse 14 and 15. If you will look at that, how many times it references we. There's two times in verse 14 And I believe four times in verse 15. So he's encouraging me as you and believers. And he says this right here. And he says, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So when we read this right here, we got to ask, so why would this kind of asking give me confidence? So we look at this, what he just said. We ask according to to his will or his word, and he hears us. So the key to receiving is this, number one, I got to get God to hear. How do I get God to hear? I ask him. How do I ask? According to his will. So I begin to align my prayers with the word of God. Again, the word of God is God's will. And so the more I incorporate the word into my asking, the more I'm going to have faith. Now, why is that? 
Because Hebrews 10, 17 says, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I am literally praying the word of God. So the more I feed on the word of God, the more the word of God becomes alive on the inside of me. Um, let, let me just show you some illustrations of this. This is stuff that I've done numerous years for my life. And um, I, I tap into this periodically just to show you how you find scriptures in every area of your life. It's amazing what's in this. So I, I rewind way, way, way back from the time I was a little bitty guy till in my 20s. I, I had problems with my sleep. Just crazy, I mean bizarre things. I could write a book about all the junk that took place in my life. And so I begin to say, Lord, show me in your word about sleep. I, I want to see what you say about my sleep. So I start going through the Bible and, and I come across a passage. This is Psalms 127. Verse 2. Now I'm going to just show you what I begin to do. I found the will of God in this area. This is Psalms 127 verse 2. It says, For so he gives his beloved sleep. So God gives his beloved sleep. So you know what I realize? If I'm born again, I'm his beloved. So he said, I'm going to give you sleep. So I said, all right, Lord, show me another one so you can write these down. This is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. This is a good one. This is my favorite one. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. You will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. It will be sweet. So you know what I begin to do? I begin to pray. My asking was based on the word of God. I would say this, Father God, you said when I lie down, I won't be afraid and my sleep will be sweet. So you know what I've just done over my life? I've just prayed the will of God. How do you know it's God's will? Because he said this to me and you. He spoke this. Let me give you one more good one. Right there while you're in Proverbs, go to the very next book, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5. This is Ecclesiastes 5 verse 12. Listen to this. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. You know what? If you went to work today and you labored today, God said, I want your sleep to be sweet. So what would happen if we begin to pray these? What would begin to happen if we begin to say, you know what, Father God? I believe your word because you said so in the Bible. So again... When I go to God, I can have a confidence in my asking because my asking is based on the will of God. And the will of God is the Word of God. And again, when I begin to get over and I get into the Word of God, I'm just praying over myself what God said He already wanted to do. Thank you for that holy grunt. Let me take you to one more real, while we're real close there. Turn to the book of James chapter 1. Just right back there to your left. James chapter 1. Now I'm going to read this right here because I believe it will probably apply to every one of us in this room. James 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. How many of you need a little wisdom in some area of your life? Probably every one of us do. Some area of your life. So right here he tells me if you lack wisdom, what do we need to do? 
Let him ask of God. So God right there, you know what he just told me and you? If I need wisdom, let me ask him. So for me to ask him, that's his will. He wants me to ask him for wisdom. Why is it so important? He goes on to say, who gives to all liberally, generously, and without approach or mocking or scolding, and it will be given to him. And don't stop there. Look at verse 6. But let him ask in faith. How many of you have ever asked, but you didn't ask in faith? See, it's interesting right there that James throws in there, but let him ask in faith. Watch what he goes on to tell me and you, and we can learn from this right here. With no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man, the man who doubts, suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And so what he's saying here is the double-minded man is the one who vacillates between obeying and disobeying. Believing and doubting. And one of the reasons that happens is we get moved by our circumstances. So one day, we're over in faith and we're saying, yes, Lord, I'm believing you. I asked for this wisdom. But all of a sudden, because the waves of the sea, they move me and they rock me, I get out of faith and I start doubting. So again, he gives us great insight right here. And he says, listen, I want you to ask, but just believe me. So how do I believe him? Because he said so. So it begins to help my faith to understand that Father God, He wants to bless me. He's got promises all woven in and out of the Bible, but I've got to get in there and find them. Now, let's go a little further tonight. Go to the book of John, chapter 15. John, chapter 15. Woo, it's important. It is important to learn the Word of God and to pray the Word of God. Now, in this passage, I'm, I, I don't like to do this very often, but I'm just going to read one verse in here. John 15, verse 7. If you'll note in my Bible, it starts with the word if. If. If tells me there's a condition. If if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. That's not what the Bible, I'm just throwing that in there, okay? If. If you abide in me, what does the word abide mean? It means to make your home in me, to live in me, to live in accordance with me. So Jesus tells me and you, if you abide in me, if you make your home in me, now watch this, and my words abide in you. My word lives in you. My word becomes a truth that gets on the inside of you. You will ask what you will or you desire and it will be done for you. So this is interesting to me right here. That I got to make my home in Jesus. And if you'll note there, there were two ifs. If Jesus is Lord of my life and I allow him to live within me, and I abide in his word, then he made a promise and he said, you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. 
The reason he says you can ask whatever you desire is because when you live in Jesus, man, your prayers are going to be right in line with him. When you allow the word of God to abide in you, I'm going to live based on the word of God. So, Man, I'm going to stay in the word. I'm going to stay digging in the word of God. Now, I, I wanna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move to an area where we're going to close with this thought right here. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number, uh, or 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, because I want to show you here biblically what a God promise does for me and you. When God promises something, I can go to the bank on it. And the problem we run into as human beings is every one of us in this room at one time or another, we've had some human being promise us something and they broke that promise. And so it's very easy for us to get over and when we see the promises of God, we have the thought, well, maybe he won't do it. Well, you've got to understand this again. Number one, God can't lie. In, in Malachi... He said, I don't change. My word is forever settled in heaven. So again, God's not going to change anything. Now we begin here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? That with me there should be yes and yes, and no and no. You know what he just told me? When I say yes, I mean yes. And when I say no, I mean no. Verse 18. But as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. In other words, he's saying, do you think I am like the people of the world who say yes, but I actually mean no? God doesn't do that. Verse 19. For the Son of God... Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was it yes. So he always does what he says he's going to do. So now we get over to this promise. Watch this in verse 20. For all the promises of God in Jesus are yes, and in him, amen. Now, you know what the word amen means? So be it. So every time you pray over your meal and you ask the Father to bless it and you say in Jesus' name, amen, you're saying, so be it. So he tells me and you all, A-L-L, all the promises of God, every one of them are yes and so be it. So when I read this right here, I've got to get over and i got to begin to understand when I find a promise from God, He didn't change His mind. When I find a promise from God, He doesn't cross His fingers. He doesn't say, I was just kidding. I, I, I was just joking. So when we talk about here, faith has nothing to do with anything but the promises of God. It's on the Word of God. In other words, my believing, my asking, my speaking, my acting, my doing are not limited or affected by my circumstances or surroundings. When God said, I promise, that's what He meant. And so oftentimes when we see the promises, 
we like to attach but to it. Well, I know what he read tonight pertaining to sleep. But you know what? He doesn't know what's happened to me in my day. So again, you know what we're trying to say? My circumstances or my, my situations are greater than the promises of God. They're not ever greater than the promise of God. And so when I go back and I look about how me and you become saved, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, we believe with the heart and we confess with our mouth. So the same way that faith works for me to be saved, you realize that's how it works every time? So I open my Bible and I begin to look and I say, you know what, Lord, I see what your word says. One of the fastest ways the Word of God will come alive in your life is to begin to agree with it. How do I begin to agree with it? I begin to speak it out of my mouth. This is called the rhema. Rhema literally means the spoken word. And so if you go back and look at Father God himself in Genesis 1, God said in the beginning, and God said. And in the beginning, God said, let there be light, and bang, there was light. And so again, how did God create everything he ever did? He began to speak to it. Something happens to me and you when we begin to speak the word of God, the raiment to every one of our situations. Well, that may work for you. So oftentimes, people act like their situations or circumstances are more difficult than everybody else's. They're not. What I find out in this life is you have two people. Ones who believe the word of God and ones who don't. And it becomes a choice for every one of us in this room where I say, you know what, Lord? If you said it, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to speak on it. I'm going to live by it. Years ago, I'm in a work truck. There's a car right in front of me. And he's got a bumper sticker, and the bumper sticker says, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I thought, that's good. Right there in my heart, I sensed the Lord say this, that's not true. I said it, and whether or not you believe it or not, it's true. And so that's the truth in the Bible, and we're going to see this one day, that there's going to be many people that believe the Word of God, they believe that Jesus is coming back, they believe that He was the Son of God, the Christ. And you know what they said? I believe you're Lord of my life. But there's going to be other people who heard the same situation, but they didn't believe, they didn't trust. And guess what? The reality of eternity is going to slap people. Thank God we can develop our faith. How do I begin to develop my faith? Spiritually. Get the word of God in your mouth. Remember, Joshua 1 verse 8, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Begin to speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word over your life. Speak the word over your marriage. Speak the word over your children. I would encourage many of you in here tonight to go ahead and pray Proverbs 3.24 over your children. When you lie down, you will not be afraid, and yes, you will have sweet and peaceful sleep. What would happen if I begin to say that instead of saying, my kids never sleep all night. My kids are up all night. They walk, they breathe on me, they wake me up. See, again, the problem with all that 
is we're having what we say. You speak it out in your mouth, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So again, you just begin to learn to discipline your tongue and you start saying what God says. Now I'm going to leave you with this thought. This is your homework assignment, okay? Every time you say something out of your mouth, tag it at the end with, and that's just the way I want it to be. What do you mean? Well, I never sleep good at night, and that's just the way I want it to be. Me and my wife, we fight like cats and dogs. And that's just the way I want it to be. You know what? It's the Hong Kong flu, and we're all going to get it. Me, my wife, and my kids, us four. And that's just the way I want it to be. See, I'm just telling you a lot of things we say out of our mouth. You know what I'm telling you right now? There's going to there's gonna be a big hell storm, and it's going to knock every wind out of my cars. You watch. You watch what I tell you. And that's just the way I want it to be. So again, these, these are things it's easy to begin to say. I'm always tired. I'm always wore out. And that's just the way I want it to be. But what if we begin to change that and say, you know what? When I lie down, my, sweet, my sleep will be sweet and peaceful. And that's just the way I want it to be. What if I say, you know what? I need wisdom. And God said he would give it to me when I ask. And that's just the way I want it to be. What would begin to happen if say, you know what? Me and my wife, our marriage is so blessed, and that's just the way I want it to be. That, that I, I love my wife like Christ loved the church, and she honors and obeys me, and that's just the way I want it to be. So right there, I'm beginning to quote Scripture. Proverbs 18, 21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Now, most of you didn't realize in here there's 11 commands The 11th command says, do not be hung by thy tongue. That's paraphrase, okay? That's not really in there, all right? Stand up. Stand up here with me. So I'm just giving you an illustration again of the things that me and you have an opportunity to do. There's power in your tongue, okay? There's so much power in your tongue. Did you realize a half of salvation is because what you confess out of your mouth? So again, if this much stuff comes out of my mouth, begin to say it. How many of you have been here ever said this? I'm going crazy. Those kids are driving me crazy, and that's just the way I want it to be. I I never remember anything, and that's just the way I want it to be. I'm losing my mind, and that's the way I want it to be. See, again, it's very easy to get caught up in that stuff. And, and literally what begins to happen is you want, they become a self-prophecy. I've had people say again, when it's, it's the colder flu season, they'll say, Pastor, it's, it's the flu season and we're all going to get it. And then the next week they come back to church and they say, guess what? We all got the flu. And I thought, you're a prophet. You're a prophet. You spoke it into it. So again... Now, I'm not telling you something that I've, I, I've had this whipped, okay? This is something that the Lord says to me over and over and over and over. And there's times in my life, I'll get ready to say something, and I'll, I'll sense the Holy Spirit say, that's just the way I want it to be. And I say, oh, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. So again, we have to pay attention to this. Here's a tattoo for you. Write this on your heart. James 1.19. Be swift to hear and slow to speak. 
Be swift to hear and slow to speak. Here's a, here's a revelation knowledge for you. Wouldn't it have been interesting if God gave us two mouths and only one ear? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.